where thank you very cool came from about three years ago, Trump and Kanye had a meeting. And after the meeting, Kanye tweeted, uh, Trump, I can actually read it. You don't have to agree with Trump, but the mob can't make me not love him. We are both dragon energy. He is my brother. I love everyone. I don't agree with everyone, any, with everything anyone does. That's what makes us individuals. And we have the right to independent thought. And Trump tweeted back, thank you, Kanye. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, welcome back to Is It Still Good? This is the show with two grown-up film students who hate growing up. Welcome you to season two of the show. In case you're just joining us for the first time, this is the show where a demonic entity uh, has cursed us uh, horribly. It has forced us to take off our rose-colored glasses and to uh, fire them at children and have those glasses cross into the real world and cause all kinds of destruction before being stopped by one of those very children. And so we are without the glasses. It is, it is without those rose-colored spectacles that we are forced to look upon the culture of our past. Uh, I'm Bear Kennedy. I am in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, joining me as always. Season two, we did it. We got renewed. We renewed ourselves. We, uh, we, we negotiated some, some great back ends and, uh, and some, some, ra some raises, residuals. Um, Andrew Carter in Los Angeles, um, and we have a very special guest today. Uh, but before I get into that, just just wanted to also welcome you to season two, and also say that if you're new to the show, um, what Bear means when he does all the references to uh, what the show is about, which is about you know looking back into the past and wondering if the pop culture is still good, he always references it uh, applicably to what we're talking about. Uh, and what he just did was brilliant. I just have to say that. Um, our special guest today is our dear friend, Colby McCullough. Um, so Bear is in Minnesota with Colby, where Colby lives, uh, recently married. Colby, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Excited. Happy to have you, man. So we are discussing Korn's 1998 classic, Follow the Leader. Colby suggested this. Uh, Colby said he's been listening to Korn recently. Why? <laughs> okay so he's got a lot of angst he needs to work out yeah. and jonathan davis is a wonderful vehicle for yeah exactly uh, <laughs> jd um, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah right yeah jd's uh, gonna hear this and be like the fuck i don't, I don't i'm not <laughs> core fuck you guys i hate corn <laughs> no it's i mean they randomly just like started touring again and like they had a new album like kind of recently oh wow so I just kind of started going back into like their older stuff and, uh, you know, obviously stuff I was listening to like around sixth, seventh grade. And I don't know, like there's a couple songs that definitely like hit and were good still for me. But yeah, it's it was just kind of like one of those things where you listen to all this music and it's time to just like go back and get a little nostalgia. So I haven't yeah. listened to their new their newest stuff, but it was kind of just like, a, oh yeah, I haven't heard that name in a while. Let's let's go back. <coughs> yeah. They, and do you remember? Oh, sorry, Bear, go ahead. No, no worries. I saw that like they put out an album like two years ago. Like their most, I, I don't know if this is the most recent one, but on Spotify they have one listed uh, from 2019. That's the most recent one. Yeah. Yeah, and that is called the Nothing. Yeah, uh, but between that and Follow the Leader, which came out in 1998, as you mentioned, there's a lot of corn music that's come out. Yeah, which is a little weird because I think we've talked about this before for some of the other bands we've like deep dived into. They've released at this point a lot more music than I've even come close to paying attention to. Like the oh, sweet yeah. spot for corn for me probably ended at like 2000. Uh, mm -hmm. probably right after issues and they put out yeah. more music yeah. since then than they did before mm -hmm. which is very strange yeah that's so funny because you're right by by that time it was only four albums and now it's up to yeah, depending like on what you count there's, 16 yeah best of and unplugged and some other shit. right but that's fucking yeah that's fucking there's quite wild. a bit yeah yeah they, they like, have not stopped working even though i stopped listening <laughs> Yeah, and that's such a funny way to look at it, too, because when you discover something as a kid, you know, I mean, think about it. How many, like, 
Well, no, I guess there were some like first albums that we discovered when we were when we were kids. But like because of our age, it was usually around like the second or third when these big bands hit like for Corn, Fall of the Leaders, their third album. And that was the one that we were like, whoa, Limp Bizkit, Significant Others, their second. Blink-182, Enema of the State, second out. And it's like those were the ones. So it's like I think discovering something for the first time with their first album is I think it's rare even today but like i don't know i i think you discover more shit now in the first album than yeah you, actually you do and you know why it's because it's it's singles exactly it's of, it's yeah like, i remember when when fall the leader came out and i first became aware of corn mm. it was like oh they put out two out you can go back and discover the two albums they had put yeah. out previously yeah even right. uh this is a really weird example but even sugar ray like they had a huge hit with fly yeah the yeah 1459 came out that's their third album yeah you would find out about a band because of the strength of some random single or something yeah it was kind of deeper in their career and you could go back and rediscover their older shit and i yeah. feel like that happens sometimes now but if you become aware of something because of a song you heard on the radio and it's like a new band it's probably it's probably like their debut single i don't know i feel like it just yeah. doesn't work that way anymore where you you're you know, right and hit it on their third album all of a sudden it's a fucking phenomenon yeah that's is usually it's like it either happens on their first or like i mean i don't know it's i guess it's all relative because we also discovered bands back in the day with singles too but like i agree i think hearing things on the first album is maybe slightly more common today a quick little note about sugar ray i saw them live on my 26th birthday at the greek theater because my friend had tickets it was like a a bill with sugar ray uncle cracker and smash mouth and the whole, the, I mean that. <laughs> fuck off. I was gonna say that's pretty sweet, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Colby. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I just want to say, Mark McGrath, what an entertainer. That guy knows how to work a crowd, and it is it's unreal. Like, and bear, by the way, watch what you say because we might be able to get him on the show. I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, no, I uh, of that lineup, Sugar Ray is by far the artist I'd be most yes. interested in. Yeah, and they sounded uh, great. That didn't surprise me, and it didn't surprise me that Mark McGrath is a great entertainer. He was actually excellent when he made the transition to TV. It was like kind of weird how good he was because he was the lead singer of Sugar Ray. Wait, when did he transition to TV? He was uh, one of the co-hosts of, I believe, Entertainment Tonight forever. Oh, you're right. I thought you meant like a scripted thing. I was like, what? No, no, yeah. no. He became a like a Yeah, real, you're right. You're right. Like TV host yeah dude uh, that guy has charisma to spare like he's unbelievable that guy, i could i could watch that guy shovel shit and he'd make it i'd he'd I'd probably soothe me i don't know if i'd go that far but i do like him no <laughs> I, I had more of a problem with <laughs> nash mouth and uh the other band you you mentioned which i can't uncle remember. cracker i mean uncle cracker really i was has so offended by it i mean i had to block yeah. it out yeah yeah Smash Mouth, I mean, hearing All Star Live for the first time was cool. Like, you know, it's like, when are you ever going to hear that song live again? Like, by them? No, probably never. So that was kind of <laughs> cool. Um, but Colby, sure do you remember playing it too? Yeah. Oh, God. Could you? Steve Harwell was just laying it all out that night. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. Uh, Colby, do you, uh, do you remember buying Follow the Leader? How did you get into? Was this the album that you got into Corn with? Um, yeah, it was definitely the first one. And like, I did do like kind of like a deep dive into like corn after that, but like it's definitely not my like of the other albums. Like there's a lot of other songs like I like more outside of it, but it was definitely the first album I got. And I still think it's like wild because, you know, growing up, like that was like something I was allowed to get. And I think it was like sixth or seventh grade, like I said. Wow. But a year before that, I wasn't allowed to listen to at the time his name was, you know, Puff Daddy. I wasn't allowed to listen to Mo Money More Problems. <laughs> but I could listen to Freak wow. Out. So, I, wow. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what happens magically from fifth to sixth grade, but it, I, I just don't know. Like maybe because, you know, the TRL wow. thing was a big thing too, you know? I guess you're right. Yeah. It does kind of happen. Like, at, like I remember, yeah, sixth grade. You're, I think you're, it was the same for me. Sixth grade, I wasn't, no parental advisory. Absolutely not. No way. Yeah. And then for my 13th birthday, my parents finally were like, okay, like just, yeah. they're like, you're 13 now here's, and my dad gate, he was, he was like, and blink 182's uh, third album, take off your pants and jacket uh, came out that summer. 
and they were like, here it is. You can have, it. this is the CD. Here it is. You can have it. But as long as you listen to this first and he gave me Led Zeppelin three. And I was like, and I remember being like, what? And I put it on and was like, fuck. When it's time to make out, put on Led Zeppelin Side four. one of Led Zeppelin four. <laughs> that's, what my, that's what my dad said to me. Gives me the, but he's like, all right, you're like too, but listen. Now this year, when it comes to making, when out. it comes down to making out, because you're you're gonna be making out, Andrew. I know, I know you're gonna be making out. Put on side one, or put on track one of one seven three. Um, and funnily enough, coincidentally, this is twenty years ago this summer. I'm thirty three now, and I just got a vinyl player, vinyl record player, for my birthday, and I happened to get Led Zeppelin three and Blink one eighty two. Take off your pants and jacket on vinyl. Twenty years, like almost to the day which is what do you anticipate your commitment to final form being like are you gonna are i'm gonna you commit. To go all in um, i can feel it i think i am i really like it I, th- I find it so satisfying it's like it's like it's like watching movies on film except you get to own the prince and it's not that hard to get the prince interesting okay what about you did you were you a corn guy yeah i loved corn i was i fucking lit them and limp biscuit i was super into I can't and, tell if you're sitting or not. No, I'm dead. I'm dead serious. I love them. I love them. <laughs> Did and you, would you pick one? Like, if you had to pick one, which one would it be? Between corn Limp and biscuit. Limp okay. biscuit. Yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, because they're fucking awesome, dude. I was gonna see them last week. I'm serious. They were play. They were gonna play in hot in the, at the Palladium, and yeah, they yeah canceled tough, to, it. tough to come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they canceled. Awesome. They canceled because of canceled because of COVID, which I'm super bummed about. But I, I feel like for me, like for, for a 12 year old angry kid, like Limp Biscuit was like the band. <laughs> like, I, I, like, agree. I agree. Like, like they were like, there was like, I listened to them and be like, they're, they're fucking speaking my mind. <laughs> like, you know, like they're writing songs just for fucking me. <laughs> like, you know, it's like they were just right on the money for our, for us, for our age group. Um, but I also really liked Corn because I thought that they kind of mat like Limp Bizkit has some like rap and stuff to in there, but like I felt like Corn's was slightly more unique. Like Limp Bizkit may have been more like commercially, like more people might have liked them more at the time. I would argue, but Corn's was like 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 that's that is fucking like there is no one else that can do that like that is really cool and like do it with such anger like he's basically like angrily beatboxing yeah 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 um but yes this this was i I believe this was the one um it might have been issues but either way um i remember getting the follow the leader um the clean version the cd cool and I was so bummed, but I knew I couldn't like fake it. I knew I, I was, I was never that kid as much as my parents would like to think. So the irony of me wanting to swear so badly and be like, fuck, fuck this, fuck this, you know, I was never that kid to even think about sneaking a parental advisory thing into our house. I was just like, if I do and they find it, I am fucked. Like I was like, my life will be over. I would never even dream of it. So mom and dad, if you're listening, yeah, I may still like saying fuck and stuff, but I never even once thought about doing that. But I remember my sister was allowed before me to get parental advisory. And she really liked, speaking of Uncle Cracker, that Uncle Cracker song, Follow Me. And so my dad- You don't have to specify which song. There's one and it's awful. Yeah, yeah. My dad bought her her the album and it had a parental advisory sticker and I scratch, and she didn't care. So I scratched it off and put it on my corn, Follow the Leader. Cause I was like, yeah, <laughs> like now I feel, now I feel like I have it, but of course I, I didn't. I, that's really funny that you say yeah. that because I used to, I used to pull the opposite move with my parents. Cause I, and you and I've talked about this before too, but yeah, my parents were very strict on parental advisory. was not allowed in the house till I was like maybe 15 or 16. Oh uh, wow. Even later. Oh, so late. Unbelievably late. But I used to take, I used to go to like to Best Buy and look for CDs that had a sticker that was outside of the plastic. So like some, yeah, yeah. Sometimes there were CDs that would have like a like a big fucking sticker that said like top hits or something. And I would like, like I'm in the Great Escape, forging fucking passports. 
like get no my way. nail underneath and try to extract the sticker off of like an ABBA CD, pull it off and then just stick it over the parental advisory of the, the CD that I wanted. And that worked no. like clockwork. Fucking all way. All the time. That's so crazy. then, and then, and then you'd, cl- you'd throw away the, the plastic and they'd never see it because they it's never not on it. the, it, because it it's not like on they, the, yeah. Yeah. Cause they weren't keeping tabs of like, right. It's not on the booklet. In my room, right? Oh they my weren't going God. Through my shit. Oh, the motherfuckers got some. Parental oh my God. That is genius. Yeah. Cause when I was a kid, when I was like, you know, 11, 12, 13, it's not like I had a ton of money of my own. So I had to like get my parents to buy me. Yeah. Stuff. Right. At the Best Buy, I know exactly what I wanted, but I'd spend a ton of time trying to find the right CD to target to get the, the wow. right kind of sticker that would come off in one yeah. piece. Genius. And I'm not kidding. This was so hard. Like if you failed, oh, yeah. you fucked up and it just didn't come off in one go, like you had to abandon that and find another CD. Yeah, yeah. And if, and if someone who worked like where, wherever you were at Sam Goody, your bet, whatever, if they saw you, you were in big trouble. Oh, absolutely. Yes. But I remember they'd buying- be like, you're tampering with merchandise. And then your parents would see it and they would know why. And it's exactly. like, never got caught for this. But the funniest part about it was wow. I, I would buy some, you know, kind of out there stuff. Uh, Cause my tastes were a little off the mainstream. So I remember buying like, like a Mr. Bungle album and with a big sticker on it that said like all the top hits, like that Mr. Bungle does not have top hits. <laughs> like, like, like number one chart topping. Like that's not what's going on. But my parents would see like, all right, whatever he wants this. Uh, that was that was my that's signature amazing. move for a while in middle school. And did you do this with corn? Didn't do it with corn. With corn, I had okay. this was right around the time that CD burners became available, like mm-hmm. late '90s. It kind of became something that you knew about, and then at a certain point, it became just like standard issue on if you bought a lap, like a like a desktop computer, right? And if you remember back, a lot of them had two CD, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Players. So you could load in whatever you wanted on the top and then a blank one on the bottom yeah and i remember you had to like do it at the right time and yeah, everything yeah it was yeah, a whole yeah. fucking process huge pain in the ass but I had, a, I had a friend whose parents just absolutely didn't care what he listened to he had like all the corn albums and i know i had a burned copy of fall of the leader and the first two albums as well mm-hmm. from him so i had it and not only that, but it, like if you pulled up on Spotify like we did today, we were driving around listening to Fall of the Leader as if it was just 1999 again, which felt really awesome. Yeah. The CD had, I think, 13, 12 or 13 tracks of just nothing before the album started. I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember that. But it, it was, was like, a was bunch- that this one? Was that, that was th- it was one. it was wasn't it yes yeah. i remember that and there was a sticker on the cd that said like featuring 48 seconds of silence or something yeah and it was like 12 those... songs like two seconds each so the first track it's on started i think it either track 13 or 14 on that's the album. oh my i'm remembering all of this yeah yes. so when you loaded it up in your cd player you had to get to the 13th track for the album to begin, which is really weird. And I could not find an explanation about why they did that at all. I know I was just, I'm just about to look one up, but damn, it sounds like, okay. I don't know. It was some kind of weird marketing gimmick, but it was, it it, was there an acknowledgement of it? Yeah. It was was, at the Wikipedia, in the Wikipedia, like, um, yes. When they talk about not to give up all my sources, but in the, (laughs) in the Wikipedia, it does, list uh under track listing uh, oh the yes original physical release features 25 tracks 19 tracks or 55 tracks whoa the album starts with 12 hidden tracks six hidden tracks uh in <laughs> interviews jonathan davis also mentioned he was very superstitious and did not want to end an album on track 13 oh that's interesting uh later huh. editions moved the silent tracks before the music either with 12 hidden tracks of five second silence, six hidden tracks of five second silence, or 42 hidden tracks of five second silence. Whoa. That, the version I had was, it was just track number one was nothing all the way to, to 13. 
dude what the fuck so freak on the leash is the second song but it was when you're punching it into your little you know walkman or whatever the fuck you did like fast forward to 14 or whatever. i'm remembering clicking yeah on the on my walkman dude that's fucking wild wow um yeah that's one of the most metal things ever is just put a bunch of bullshit tracks and yeah Need your CD? That's fucking. Well, awesome. fucking Lou Reed's oh, Metal Machine. Lou Reed's Metal Machine. Uh, he just like that album is just static. I'm not because as oh you didn't know. Oh, I thought I well I'm looking because I thought you would know. Hang on, this is some. I you're, I feel like you're pretty good with trivia. I am, and I like some Lou Reed, but I don't think I've owned a Lou Reed album. I haven't either, but I just know it because a friend of mine told me I was in a sketch that he did about it, like. Listen, so <clears throat> Metal Machine music album features no songs or recognizably structured compositions, skewing melody and rhythm for modulated feedback and noise guitar effects. Um, and I think he did it uh, because he was mad at his label. And like they, like they were like, you owe us an album in your contract and he didn't want to do it, but like technically he owed it with them. And he was like, well, I don't give a fuck. Fine. You didn't say it. You didn't say it had to be good. It could just be this shit. And it actually, it cost him some credibility, but it also, some people were like, oh, this guy's kind of interesting and like wanted to work with them even more after that. That's funny. I know. Very interesting. Uh, since you're going way down the uh, rabbit hole here, uh, Phantomas have an album called Delirium Cordia that is one track that lasts the full 72 minutes of the CD. And it's a concept album of going through surgery without uh, being put under. And I love it, but it's like a once a year listen and that's it. What the fuck? You can't, you can't really put that, that on and like, like study or anything. Like you got to kind of no. turn off the lights, get in that headspace and, and have a that, weird. That is wild. Great album. Um, but speaking uh, of, uh, yeah. Phantomas is a Mike Patton side project. And uh, apparently... And I mentioned Mr. Bungle earlier. Apparently, a couple of the corn guys found out about Mr. Bungle very early on and tried to emulate some of their sound. I'm a huge Mr. Bungle fan. I'd never really thought about corn in that light. Corn hmm. definitely sounds like a bad version of Mr. Bungle, uh, which is a compliment because Mr. Bungle is kind of unattainably good. Okay. But the the usage of the bass kind of front and center and kind of having weird song compositions mm-hmm. is kind of borrowed from Mr. Bungle. I don't think okay. that Jonathan Davis is anywhere near close to the vocal capabilities of Mike Patton, mm-hmm. but he tries. He does a bunch of different shit on this album, which I really respected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I guess so, I never really thought about that influence on Corn because I found out about yeah. this band when I was like 10 years old and I was like, oh, this is this is great. Like you, I was like, oh, they're making yeah. songs for me. Life is so hard in the fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Colby, you said that you, you know, got the sixth or seventh grade and you, I can't remember, you liked them then, right? Like you were stoked about it. I I think they were like probably my favorite of like that group. Like when you, when you think about like that whole group, I think of like Limp Biscuit. you think of like Power Man 5000. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Kid Rock, Kid Rock, Kid Rock, Orgy, like all those, like, I don't know. There's just something about them that they just they stood out a little bit more they're i mean they're a little bit different and like mm-hmm. you think about it now it's like whoa like their lyrics <laughs> but like you, <laughs> but you yeah, know they like, were not they were not fucking around no they weren't no and and their but their music is is incredible i think and i think it still holds up to like this day like they they, yeah. they do two guitarists that like do different things like it's not like the typical if you have two guitars and they just play the same stuff together like they're doing different things um one thing that like you know bear and i disagree with and he kind of mentioned it just a second ago was the bass i think and you know in sixth grade i actually started to learn to play bass because of fieldy like he was such a unique bassist where yeah. he like and, and and hearing this album like i mean the first track of like it's on like you can hear him come in and it's like a clangy kind of stuff and it's like yeah i actually looked and read up like an interview and he was saying that you know he 
like the guitarists are so low he wanted to make something separate so like he would be heard and like it's like a yeah dude it's i think i agree with you i think it's a work of genius because of how indelible it is like that's the first time i've ever heard that was the first time i ever heard a bass sound like that and every time i've heard something sound like that since i think of corn yeah every time and I, I didn't read that interview, but I, when I was listening to it, it did occur to me too. Like two guitarists, they're so down tuned. Yep. That they kind of like correctly surmise that they're getting all the low end they need out of the two guitarists. Like yes. they don't really need a bassist to fill that part of the sound while they're creating. So it's interesting that Fieldy figured that out and basically went with, okay, I'm going to turn this into another percussion instrument and turn it into another bass drum. Uh, I don't like it just straight up. I I do not like how it sounds. Um, It doesn't work for me. I feel like- But does it it not work for you? Does it not work for you like when you hear it other than corn or including corn? No one sounds like corn in this respect, except maybe the Red Hot Chili Peppers who I also hate but the, what that's not that can't be news to anyone here the corn sounds like the red hot chili peppers if john for sean talk about vinyl that oh wow that was right there wow just yeah, light your right money there. just just yeah. light your money on fire uh it, well it, it on, was defective and we're getting a new we're getting a replacement so if on that you, album californication john for actually figured out that he has four other fucking strings on his guitar uh he would say they would sound <laughs> Um, that guy is as uninspired as they get that album sucks anthony kiedis can't sing uh but back so what would you say to someone who would say why don't you do better why don't i do better yeah what would you say to someone that would say that to you like what if you said that why don't i do better what if john frusciante said that to you what would you say what if john frusciante said to me that my criticism of his guitar playing is insufficient because I can't do better. The same guy that plays for the Mars Volta. I would say, yeah, and it's crazy because the Mars Volta kicks ass. I don't know why he okay, fucked at up least so you're there. At least the, you're there with the yeah. chili peppers. <laughs> Colby, at least you're there. <laughs> <laughs> I would say when you make art, it no longer belongs to you. It belongs to your audience. So to say, oh, you can't Ooh. do it. So you get to, you, your criticism is invalid. I'd say, go fuck yourself. You wow. put this out and All it's- All right. Bad. Like it doesn't belong to you anymore. You don't get to sit on some high horse that you can make wow. criticism of your art doesn't matter. That's the most base, dumbest bullshit thing. If I criticize someone and someone comes at me with, oh, could you do better? That's how I know I'm fucking right. Wow. That's like the last argument you make before you just put it. Yeah, last last line of defense. Yeah. No, no, no. You're not you're not wrong. I'm just I I respect that you're so like unapologetic with it i i truly i mean that because like i feel like i can get afraid sometimes of of being so like direct with certain opinions but i really respect that you're like no this is this is fucking how i feel about it and again you're not wrong the more apt comparison to corn is probably primus because primus is maybe the other yeah they actually do have a base other band that centers their bassist in a similar fashion yeah they do Uh, you're right the better job of weaving the guitar around the bass line in their compositions. I feel like Les Claypool carries the momentum of all their songs. Bear, are you- Really delicate balance. Yeah, are you a musician? Do you play anything or did no, you play I just anything? I attention to shit. I was, we were talking about this earlier. <laughs> yeah. I, I can play a little <laughs> guitar poorly and I played the trombone in fifth and sixth grade. But the way that you talk about it and the way, and what you notice, like I'm genuinely impressed. And not only that, I'm, I'm surprised that you're not a musician. I'm because it's like tortured by hearing music I hate all the time. Uh, all right, there you, I mean, I play drums and I can't talk about music like you, that. You can ask my uh, fiance how much it sucks to, to hear me yell about music. Oh, yeah. Since we've been gone, Bear got engaged, everybody. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Very. And Jackie's, Jackie is, um, she's an adequate choice. Uh, anyway, um, I, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She's fucking awesome. We love her. Uh, I do. Um, listen, I listen to a ton of classical music. Um, okay. I read as much shit as I can to understand things. I don't like to have an opinion that I can't back up. This leads me to be yeah. what most people would consider to be a complete asshole. No, I think it's. I actually think it's pretty thoughtful. And I, 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 I. No, I'm oh, serious. I. <laughs> what'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> I I understand why people would think that would say that but i also think that it's actually you 
coming at it from the standpoint of like, well, I don't want to look stupid or waste anybody's time. I don't really think it's about you wanting to be right all the time. Although yes, of course people like being right. I think it's you being like, no, I want to be informed. I want to be as informed as I can. And I also know you and I know that like, you're good at being like, Oh, that's true. You know, that's fair. Whatever this and that. And, and like, so it's not coming, it's coming from a good place, I think. But I, uh, again, I respect it. Um, I will but, leave the chili peppers conversation for another time because I can go. <laughs> I think we should do one of their albums. The rabbit hole about, about them specifically, but I will say that it's interesting to look at the late nineties and look at the music that came out during that time and how there were some common threads of some stuff. I read uh, an interview with Jonathan Davis where he described corn as a funk band. He was like, he was resistant <laughs> to describe them as a metal band. Um, that's very weird to me. Yeah, but then when weird. I was listening to the album, I, I hear how fieldy is providing a lot of the momentum for the songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the guitars are down-tuned and heavily distorted. But yeah, I mean, if you changed some of the recording, you could be in a funk zone. Uh, they play a very slow tempo, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. But I think that's more coming off of grunge um, more than coming off of like metal. Uh, even in that in that interview, Jonathan Davis said, I think of metal, I think of like Metallica and Judas Priest. And that's obviously usually much faster paced. Yeah. But if you go back and you think about Nirvana, Soundgarden, even like the early Pearl Jam stuff, like grunge was a slower paced mm-hmm. version of metal. Yeah. The, the yeah, best about grunge is it married that 80s hair metal with like punk. And it ended up like somewhere in between. And then corn yeah. is kind of the natural continuation of where do you go from that if you want to still make heavy music. And and they did have a lot of like weird, like kind of inter, like where it'd be like, you know, the start of the opening track, it's on like mm-hmm. to other songs in the album, like in between where there's like bridge or stuff like that. It's like kind of weird little like funk kind of things. Yes. I wouldn't yeah. describe it as that, but I like, either, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's funk adjacent. And, um, <laughs> No, no, I mean, no, I mean, no, that. I agree it's with like, you. It's just funny to hear those it's, two words. It's like all it's it's like funk adjacent in an alternate universe, kind of, because it, it's like yeah. there's a darkness to it, and funk's kind of always like, yeah, all right. It, you know, it's like you're kind of feeling, you know, it's it's very I know, like I don't know if you looked up like a, a lot of the lyrics, a lot of these songs. I did. Uh I don't, <laughs> I don't love Jonathan Davis's lyrics. I don't know that he's a great lyricist. Uh, but it did Not occur particularly. to me that if you just read his lyrics uh, or if you read them and think about how you would make them into a lounge act, it translates very <laughs> hilariously and very well. Uh, I, was trying to find, I, I know there, there's someone, I can't remember his name, but there's someone in LA who does lounge covers of like metal songs and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that is really fun. But like if you read the lyrics to Got the Life, like I don't think I ever knew what the lyrics of the chorus of "Got the Life" were. Yeah. Until like three days ago. Yeah. But they are like it, it, it's a lounge act. It's like God paged me, <laughs> said, "Have you seen the life?" <laughs> God told me. <laughs> I'm gonna... It's like so fucking funny. That's but so true. When Jonathan Davis sings it, it sounds pretty cool. You kind of just buy it, but it's ridiculous if you read it without the context. It's really funny. Yeah, that's like a big part of it. Like, I mean, then in sixth grade, like it's like I don't, I don't know what he's like talking about, like at all. And then it's like you kind right. of like, oh whoa, you know. And and we were saying when we were driving earlier today, like you know, there's a lot of stuff that definitely didn't age well with like all their stuff, but. Oh yeah. Go back again though, really quickly though, because like a lot of the music I listen to now is like you know in the rock, like harder rock kind of realm, and like I didn't even realize it though. But like you know, there's like that funk kind of stuff that we were saying, but then they had those like instrumental like breakdowns, like those heavy like riffs, and it's like dang, like maybe that's what that kind of led me like what I was listening, like what I listen to primarily now. But it's it's really interesting, like I. And I wrote, like, I, you know, when I was listening to this whole album, 
I wrote out like track by track and there's there's some stuff that like I really liked some stuff I didn't like but then there was a couple where I was like lyrics no but instruments amazing like (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Wait, what? So you talked about things not aging well, which I, I agree because I heard some of it, but was what's got the life about? I feel like I missed something. Uh, I have no idea what it's about. I Oh, I thought you were saying something in there was didn't age well. No, I, I think got the okay. life just fine. I, I find it weird that it was the first video on TRL to be retired. Mind-blowing. Wow, I did not know that, but that is very mind blowing. You would absolutely think it was in sync. I just rechecked it because I was like, did I did I misread that? No, it it was. It's that's weird to me because I don't think it's that good of a video. No, follow the leader is a much better video. I uh, freak on a leash. Excuse me, excuse me, freak on a leash. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a fine video. Like it's fine. The song's pretty good. I think it serves as a really awesome showcase of like track suits, like zip yeah. up jackets and pants. But yeah. I, I agree with you. I think Freak on a Leash is maybe one of the best music videos of all time. I, I'm not it's amazing. Kidding. I think it, it is in the pantheon with like Sabotage, Smack My Bitch Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe uh, the the one Britney Spears video where she has the chair uh, and the- I don't the, remember. The other one, the one we were talking about earlier, the, the sync one where they're puppets. Oh, yeah. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, great Yeah, we, Oh, iconic. that's a- Yeah, we, yeah. we couldn't, we thought- We, we knew the it. album name. Yeah, but, we yeah, thought it was yeah. most- but, but off the top of my head, those are the five best music videos of all time. Yeah, but wait a minute. That, um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, Freak on a Leash. Um, I hadn't watched it since I was a child. And rewatched it for this and was like, my mind was actually blown. You know, you know who directed it too? I should, but I don't. Todd McFarlane, who created Whoa. Spawn. Yeah, he did create Spawn. And did the album art for the cover too. For, for Follow the Leader? Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Wow. Um, That's amazing. It's um, a wonderful music video. I think it's even it is. better today. So, it's, yeah, I, I it was, is bad. I think it's even more timely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like we, so like, you know, Bear came in last night and then like, you know, we were excited. We saw each other. We, you know, had a couple beers and stuff like that. But like, I went to bed and I was watching like random music videos and I watched Freak on a Leash and I was like, wow, this video is still like unbelievable. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And I think, you know, the, that kind of leads me to the album. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, let's do like a track well, by track well, breakdown. Bef- let's, let's, before, let's get before we do that though, just a quick little tangent in terms of the music videos. I did yeah. want to mention this too. Like, so like this, when I went back and I was listening to like all their older songs, I think the best one um, from them was Thoughtless, which was on their um, Untouchables album. So like a couple years after. Yeah. But, and I was I talking to Bear song. and Bear realized it, but if you watch that music video, like Carter, like it might be interesting to you. Aaron Paul is the main guy of that music video. Wow. Crazy. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. He was in a corn pops commercial too. I remember those were coming. <laughs> some, those were some of his like big things before that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's, let's, let's briefly go through the tracks. Um, it's on love it. Uh, I think it's a great, great, great album opener. Is, and it Okay. Is the first thing he yells, does he yell corn? No, he yells, come on. Yeah. Okay, every time I hear it, I hear him yell corn, which is awesome. So I am going to continue to believe that's what he's yelling. Here, I'll even prove it. Were you going on genius? Okay, come oh, on. Wow. All yeah, right. yeah. It, it sounds like he's yelling corn, which for that period of the 90s is fucking great to just yell. Yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, I, I mean, Fre- I Fred like, Durst did it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, Fred Durst did all the time. Okay, that's great. Freak on a Leash, classic. I mean, I, I think it's, I, I, honestly, I think it's their best song. I agree. I think, yeah, it, like ever. Uh, yes. And, Ooh, and, and, no. Yes. What, what no, I, I think I'm with listen, Bear. No, outside of the album, listen to Thoughtless again. Like, Thoughtless. I'll listen, I'll listen to it again. But, dude, I'll, I'll Freak on a Leash. My, uh, Freak on a Leash defines them, it defines them. But it it might, yeah. but but also it's a differently constructed song than a lot of their music. A lot of their their songs, especially you get a little deeper in the album, they do right. the same kind of thing that like uh, like Audio Slave fell into, where they do 
like an unplugged version of the riff. They come in loud, everyone plays the riff, and then they just go verse, yeah. chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, and the, and the song is over. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the music ends up being, do I like the riff or not? Because there's not yeah. much else to chew on. Freak Unleashed does not use that same structure. No. It comes in super weird, uh, very like, uh, very not heavy till they get to the pre-chorus. Yeah, and I always loved how it came in after yes. it's on. Yeah, like how it how it goes right into it. I always love that transition. Love that, and I and I I the the beatboxing weird shit is very interesting kind of hilarious yeah but when he switches from that to go it's awesome and when it's in the yeah. video and he yells at the bullet it's fucking sweet like it yeah really it's amazing works. and when i was talking about like breakdowns like earlier like that like is a true like that's probably the first one and i even know it then like at that time but like yeah right when he says go and then it, the instruments just hit it's Wonderful. like it's, oh. it's incredible it's, it's excellent. so good that's very Completely good I, I, I really think that's their best great one it's, I, I yeah. love it. it's very good yeah great one got the life also very good yeah good i got tired um, of that song it used to be on the radio all the time it we were talking earlier too it kind of like, was yeah it's like still on k-rock it's by far like the fastest song they've ever played yeah, yeah. by a lot also uh there is i don't have this confirmed but it really sounds like a ted levine cameo at about the one minute mark where he says Get your boogie on. It sounds oh, like yeah, it sounds like Buffalo Bill. Lane's house. Yeah. And I yeah. listened to a live version of the song, and Jonathan Davis <laughs> just says it. He, like, he doesn't even put anything on it. He's like, get your boogie on. Like it's, <laughs> but like in the what album, the it sounds like they got Ted Levine in the studio to do his fucking voice. You know, get your boogie on. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Dead bodies everywhere. I definitely remember the chorus of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was okay not the most memorable it was it was yeah not my favorite but there are definitely songs that were worse on this album yes than that yes one. i agree it, it, it's awful grinds the album to the halt uh squanders the goodwill of the first three tracks terrible i mean yeah i was gonna say that first three what an opener yeah, yeah. that first three you're in you're hooked that that, that those first three tracks are but just, like that was also what a fucking like what a home run I almost feel like that was like a part of the time too. Cause like when I was like mentioning like all those other bands, like, you know, stack X orgy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of these, like, and you can look at like a lot of the other corn albums too. They only yeah. have like a couple good ones. It's just, yeah. it's kind of weird. Like how that's evolved now too. Like yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of artists then like even outside of the rock realm where it's yeah. like, they just, they put out a couple singles. They're good. You know? Yep. Yep. You're yeah. right. Um, Children of the Corn with Ice Cube. I completely forgot about this song. So, I didn't because um, I, I remember him yelling, I'm the firstborn. Uh, <laughs> that said, I hate this song. It sucks. I think it was also a bad song besides Ice Cube. <laughs> Ice Cube was a welcome addition. I thought Ice Cube was a really cool guest. I agree. I thought yeah. it was radical and different, but not a, not a great song. Um, I, I love Ice Cube. It, I do too. This song is a good time capsule back to the late 90s where yes we thought that rap and hard rock were gonna merge and now it's very hard to explain to people but it yeah. did seem natural at the time <laughs> now you now you tell it to people and they're like <laughs> come on what? and you're like no it was real yeah, um it was a real one but i don't know what yeah. he's doing on this one. all right bbk i remember thinking it was fine don't like it it's listed as yeah. the third single release from this album i can't understand that's a bad song uh right i really like the intro but after that yeah there's a weird um, thing that happens throughout that song it sucks yeah yeah uh pretty uh no yeah okay no, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't dig it um all in the family okay all in the family no, with this, this yeah. is the one where, the, where we were talking about <laughs> is has aged like a oh like, real all, yeah. firm turd all yeah, these things you're alluding to about like lyrics like wow like this one yeah it aged like fucking milk yeah. and yeah. but i remember in 98 like i wasn't allowed the parental advisory but my neighbor down the street was and so he was like bro you got to come over and listen to the real version and i did and i just remember being like I, like I, I remember I, thinking i was going to get in trouble for having heard it 
Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, that's how bad it was in terms of like, oh my God, everything they say is terrible. And not only that. What did this sound like on the clean version of the album? Um, just tons of bleeps, but they, and they're, but the reason they kept it on there was because knowing that Fred Durst was on it was going to help them sell records. Like, cause they should have just believed the whole thing, but it was like, Oh, but they got a Fred Durst song. And if you want to hear it, this is your only chance. So, um, it, it's weird. Like I will say too, on that one too, like, I think corn is a better band than Limp Bizkit. Mm-hmm. Like that might be a crazy statement, but like, no, I don't. I don't think you're wrong about I that. Think that is a more talented band than Limp Bizkit. I agree. Biscuit I agree. I really, really good joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I don't fair. dislike them. I, I think they're an awesome prank band. I think Corn is like <laughs> yeah. artist. Yeah. But like, but I right, and I I think Limp, I've but I like Limp Bizkit more in terms of like I think they're more popular in terms of the commercial way, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're better. Yeah. yeah it, but my my point was is that like Fred Durst is the the best part of this song that like is not a good song like he yeah if you're gonna look for anything to save that song it's it's him jonathan davis is so awkward in this song and just, yeah i agree you I pointed agree. out that rhyme where he rhymes wicked with suck my dick kid and it haunted you for years and i haven't been able to stop thinking about it all <laughs> it is engraved in my it's, mind it, it, it fucked me up like, too dude weird. it'll just like pop up randomly even before yeah. i started listening to porn again like <laughs> It's just like, whoa. Oh, like, yeah. How, how is this in here still? Like, it, it, I don't it's know. so yeah, fucked up. Because you, you know why? Because it's honestly because it's fucking traumatizing. <laughs> like, and, you, yeah. and when you hear that as a kid, a grown man, that's yeah. fucked up. I mean, like, I know he's like, it's art and they're doing, there's a point to it, but it's like, dude, he was also on like a lot of drugs and fuck the label for putting it. Like, that is very dangerous language for like, kids yeah. to hear and that was corn's that was corn's demographic like in the very very ending of that song too holy hell like, yeah yeah they did a great oh job God. of calling each other gay throughout the 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 song which uh again yeah absolutely back to the late 90s yeah my Most God. male friendships were defined by yes calling each other gay in various ways yeah which and we have moved past the society which yeah. makes a song like this stick out even worse because it's like, yeah. oh, holy shit, is this? Yeah, is that legitimate? Yeah, um, that, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it becomes harder and harder to explain stuff like that as we we get farther from it. Yeah, um, it's not a good song. No, uh, it, yeah. it sucks to listen. And to and like you know that like Jonathan Davis had a terrible, terrible like he had an awful childhood, but like yeah. it's still yeah. like this song is still like that's like in the outer realms of like everything that like has happened like you know yeah like yeah. falling away from me and stuff like that i agree but, yeah. because most you of his, most of his songs <sighs> and, and a lot of their hits are drawing heavily from his well of abuse and horrible things that have happened to him yep. yeah yeah uh, and that's very real i think that's why they resonate with people and then you have a song like all in the family where a lot of that stuff is just kind of rendered a joke yeah, and it's not uh, funny. It's just contrary to the seriousness in which he he holds. Right, right. Because the other the other songs they they're sobering and they and they make you listen and you're like, all right, I see what they're I see what you're trying to do. And this one, it's like, oh, so you're like making light of it. But I bet you, as a as a child of abuse, he probably thinks, well, I have license to say whatever I want about it. Which well, he might, but it doesn't. Yeah, he work. might. It's it, it it's in, in strong it's just, contrast. To how right, are. it's still not a good song. Yeah. No, bad. Not great. Uh, Reclaim My Place. Uh, I don't like this song. I feel like this is one of the worst. I think I thought it was okay. I said okay, too. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this is a really good example of Fieldy playing a completely different song than the rest of the band. Uh, <laughs> and it, it does bother me, though I do love the main lyrical theme of the song. is just John Davis saying, what the fuck, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I do love that. I, I love the way the guitar comes in in the beginning. Like, yeah. Um, Justin, love it, always have. I'm I love Justin. I don't know how much I, care. I well, because the first lyric is "fuck all that bullshit," and I remember that same neighbor I had who let me listen to the explicit version would uh, come over and talk about corn, and he said that he, my dad what like because I would say like oh, my dad won't let me listen to parental advisory. He's like, dude, my dad walked in my room last night while I was playing that song, and it said "fuck all that bullshit," and he started going like this. 
and and like bobbing his head. And I was my dad, my dad's the man. And I remember being like, oh man, my dad won't even let me buy it. Fuck! Like I was so bummed. Two square. Yeah. Fuck. What's your dad's name? Is he available? Um. But then, uh, but I always like the song too. Yeah, I think it's considering like the songs before that. It's it's starting to like kind of like get better at that point. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I agree. And same with and Bear. What did you think of Justin? I, it's fine. I don't know. I don't really like it. Again, it kind of just falls into the same uh, formulaic version of this kind of music. Yeah. Where you've got a riff, it builds, it goes away for the chorus, it, or for the verse, it comes back for the chorus. If you like it, great. If you don't, it's like, uh, it's fine. I don't know. It's fine. I kind of don't like it. I get it. I get it. Seed. I liked it. Love it. Amazing. Yep. Am- yeah. This is the same thing exact same structure but the 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 riff on this kicks ass awesome uh this is one of the only songs where the guitars are front and center and fieldy supports them and it sounds fucking great this yep. sounds like a deftone song that's probably why i like it so much it's yeah, yeah no it's, it's a great song like yeah mucky and header like in the helm of it it's, yes it's, it's incredible yeah. uh, i also don't think the lyrics are that bad i think they're kind of interesting I yeah, there's like it's a one of the ones that they're okay or like the ending chorus that's super super weird, but yeah, yeah, Outside yeah, no, that, they're definitely fucking weird, but yeah, I, I I just felt like this one was about something like specific that I could get my head around, and it was like telling a story, you know, it was it was logical, it wasn't just like some random shit thrown together. Not that all corn songs are, I'm just saying that like this was an example of one that felt uh clear. This um, one, this they they achieve the wall of sound aesthetic that when we talked about the Deftones last year, that the, the sure. Deftones really do. This sounds like it is a Deftones song. I love yeah. Deftones. I, I think this song is pretty awesome. Cannot believe you like the Deftones, and oh, uh, I know you love the one, of, one of the best ever. Deftones is great. Yeah, that was. I don't. Was, I. But Colby, but Colby, hang on a second. Uh. Deftone, he loves Deftones but hates the Chili Peppers. I mean, well, one band is good. Oh, give me a break! God, the Deftones, the Deftones, Deftones put me to sleep when I'm already dead. You, you had a hard time with that, which I respect. I, had a, I, I respect yeah. pretty Well, I, 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 I look like you. I want to be informed and I want to like be committed and experience. I'm not just gonna be a fucking bitch about it however i didn't watch all of dr doolittle too and i'm sorry about that yeah and we're gonna be talking about that for years i know yeah but you're never gonna you no. were so mad but i mean that was, like, that was about as fun as watching a loved one die <laughs> oh god yeah i'm surprised you didn't throw me in the lake at zenzi's wedding because we I saw each it. other like two weeks after that yeah i was salty <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing um all right camel tosis i Honestly, like, can't even remember this one. Zero. Awful. Why Zero. have it on here? What we Zero. Doing? Okay. All right. Um, my gift peaked, to you. You just peaked with seed and you go to this song. Like, it's... I know. Yeah. They should have just said, my, my gift to you, love the bagpipes. Personally, not enough bagpipes on this album. Yes, I agree. I agree. For, for a band that openly admits that they're influenced by Mr. Bungle, they do yeah. a bad job of incorporating other elements from other genres. Yeah. Uh, there should be bagpipes on like half the fucking song. Yeah, I agree. Ass. They're so unique. It's awesome in the intro of this song. The rest of the song isn't that good. The bagpipes are dope. Plus the bagpipes yes. on Shoots and Ladders from the previous album, yes. amazing. Oh, yes, that's a good first, song. The first track of Issues, ridiculous. Like yeah. so good. I have no yeah. idea why they go white. It was wild that like it took this long in the album to hear the bagpipes. Because you think yes. about it, it's like, yeah, you know, like he would in concerts, he would wear kilts and stuff, and you're like, yeah. oh yeah. But, and like, but think about this for a second. This album is the most, I think, the most commercially successful, and that's why Issues opens with them. I bet you that was like in their contract somewhere of like this album does well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you got to let us use it more next time because I bet you they wanted to, and I bet you their fucking label was like, oh, no, 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 no. But that's a, that 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 is largely the problem with a band like Corn that became hugely popular. Like Corn right. has a lot of potential to do very interesting shit. Yeah. But in the scenario you just described where, you know, some A&R guy is regulating the amount of bagpipes on an album and they're fucking listening to it. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of respect for Corn. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Deal, but 
come on, give us more weird shit. Yeah, like, I agree. Don't I bow agree. To that pressure, and it seems like they always did to get success. Yeah. Well, think about it. They might have been in being my world, Half this album would be fucking bagpipes and Jonathan Davis beatboxing, which and goes, I'd be jerking off the whole time. Which goes back to the point of like how they were the first. Like they had a they had a world premiere on TRL. Like you yeah. think of like Corn, it's like they really had a world premiere and they were the first yeah. retired video. They were so fucking popular. I remember MTV yeah. Diary with Corn. Like yeah, I yeah. remember I remember like oh my god, dude. I was obsessed and that's the thing is like a lot of people were. They were very mainstream. And I would yeah. I would consider Corn metal. I would certainly consider Me them Me too. They they're the first new metal band. Absolutely yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. they as you can see you know, they, their radio play kind of tailed off after uh, the Thoughtless album, the Untouchables. Untouchables, yeah. Um, no, oh, I think Take a Look in the Mirror got some in, in 2003. Okay, but we're still looking back 18 years. You don't hear right. metal bands like Korn anymore on K-Rock, yeah. on MTV, mm-hmm. on the equivalent yeah. kind of mainstream oh you know what you know what their last big one was it was a cover of word up in 2004 and it's actually a really good cover uh what about twisted twins ah, twisted transistor in 2005 oh yeah in 2005 yeah that that, yeah that got some play that was kind of big yeah that's that's 2005 it's like i'm a guy it's been 16 years yeah i listen to a lot of metal still and when i turn on the radio i don't hear it anymore when i was a kid I right. turn that shit on. I would hear metal every once in a while, and that was awesome. And it it doesn't have the same place in the popular zeitgeist that it did. And I feel like that's very sad. I don't know, Carter, if you watched the Woodstock '99 documentary. I really want to. It's on HBO, right? On HBO. I know Colby hasn't because I told him to, and he said no. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean I'll watch it. I just have. I want to. I want to watch it too. Yeah, yeah. One of the. One of the things about the Woodstock 99 documentary that they harp on a lot is how there's a big spread of people in the audience who are there for different acts at the festival. And it goes right. from like Corn played there. Yeah. Uh, Limp Biscuit played. Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock, yeah. Kid Rock, Megadeth. Uh, but also Alanis Morissette, Moby, yeah. uh, um, Jewel. And they make a big fucking to-do in that documentary and I, I did not care for this documentary, and this is one of the reasons why. They they make it seem like, oh, you have these really disparate crowds coming for these very different acts at this giant festival. And I'm like, dude, I was 11 years old in 1999, and that's the shit I listened to. That's the shit that was on the radio. Like, yep. you'd hear a corn song, and then you'd hear an Alanis Morissette song, and then you'd hear yeah. a fucking Moby song. I remember hearing about Woodstock 99 and wanting to go 100%. because of everyone, almost everyone that was there, not just like Limp Biscuit and Corn. They make this huge deal that like, oh, these, these types of people shouldn't be at the same festival. And it's like, I'm, were you alive back then? That's yeah. what music was. Yeah, Rage Against the Machine was there too. TRL had got the life getting retired next to Britney Spears and everything else. Like if you were yeah. into music, you were exposed to some stuff that was a little bit. That is such a good point. And, yeah. and some stuff that wasn't, and that was fine. And Moby is in that documentary a lot and he is a big piece of shit. And I know that I had to listen to a million Moby songs because he had that hit with Gwen Stefani Southside and it sucked ass <laughs> and i hated when it came on the radio and it came on a lot. and he acts the whole time like he was in the wrong scene at that festival he was in the absolute right scene and he just sucks uh wow so i don't I recommend that documentary for being good but i do recommend it for uh i do want to watch it um all right finally it's the hidden track within my gift to you uh earache my eye which um i didn't, no, I didn't like it uh, I, I thought the instruments are good, but the vocal. Yeah, vocal. That was, yeah, because it's, yeah. it's not Jonathan Davis. Well, the, yeah, I mean, the whole, like, talking before that was, it's yeah. like, why? It's like, why? Why? And, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, but, all right, I mean, that's the album. I got to be honest with you guys. This is still good for me. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised that I got there because I didn't expect to. Now, 
I had to drive with my windows down. Uh, I listened to it twice. And the second time I listened to it uh, was earlier today. I listened to it earlier in the week. And I listened, Bill got a little, our puppy got a little sick today. Um, I think we, he kind of ate something funny. So he had a little diarrhea and threw up and he threw up uh, in the, the car. I, ha- I had like a, like a thing. I have like a little seat protector down. So all good. But <clears throat> I was driving with my windows down to get the smell out. And I was listening to corn. And when I would pull up in traffic next to someone with their windows out, I would kind of turn it down because I would be like, oh, it's uh, like I felt I felt like someone was going to like make fun of me or think I'm weird. So I'm like, why did I do that? I shouldn't be embarrassed. Like this is I I genuinely like like this. But but do I am I just like, oh, no one's going to people are going to laugh at me. But like but this am I crazy? Like, look, there are certain certain songs that I definitely didn't like. But like for the most part, I'm like, this is pretty fucking good. I'm, I'm into this. So that's where I'm at. Colby. All right. Um, no, I, I completely agree with you, Carter. Um, I think the album is top heavy. Like yes. the first few songs. Of the, oh yeah. The cream of the crop, yes. but they hold. And like, I mean, it's, it's going back to like talking about like, I remember I listened to like you guys talking about, you know, Limp Biscuit and stuff like that. Like, I think they hold way better. And I even bear, like you said, like one song for Limp Biscuit held and to me, that was a stretch. Like, I think corn still holds and like, yeah, yeah. There's some not good songs on this, but yeah, like there's a few of these songs that I would still listen to. And it goes back to your first question, Carter. Like I, I listened like randomly to them again and it's like, it holds, it's good. Still yeah, good. Holds up. I agree. Bear. Let's, I don't, I, I do not like wrong. it anymore. I think my tastes have changed. Um, it's probably their best album. It, it, it probably uh, it, there's a lot of things that are good about it i don't know i just do not enjoy this sound anymore which is insane uh, because during that time if you buy into the classical narrative of mtv at that time where you had boy bands and metal like i was certainly on the metal side of things Me too, uh, yeah. i don't know i just i don't like it the way i used to if i'm looking at track do you think track, it's because it's not as popular because uh, I mean, think I, about it. When we were young, it was like, oh, everyone loves this shit. Like, yeah, like we're all like we're all into this. But at the, I don't know though. But at the same time, you 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 like what you like. Yeah, their 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 sound remains unique. It, it remains not really copied in any significant way by other artists. I just don't right. like it as much anymore. I really think Freak okay. is an awesome song. It is, um, yeah. But I. I still, I haven't heard Got the Life in years and I still am fucking tired of that song. Um, okay. I don't know. I, I, I did not like it as much as I thought I would have given how much I listened to it when I was younger. I don't know. It, it, it's not a bad album. It's really a coin flip for me, whether it's still good or not. It is an, a really, really good window back to that time. Like if you're wondering like yeah. what did people like this is probably the best representation of like we had we had boy bands we had some like you know post-punk shit we had grunge dying and then we kind of had new metal and this is a great example of what new metal was Mm -hmm. Uh, all the reviews and stuff i read heaped praise on how aggressive this album is i don't really eh, like some parts of it are but it's so slow it's like ah, yeah kind of more depressing than anything i remember issues being scarier like darker yeah. yeah yeah this one did sure. was this this one definitely had some fucked up shit in it and definitely had some like macabre little flashes but like i remember issues like f- falling away from me i remember being like genuinely scared of watching that video yeah i mean and that was the sequel to uh um, yes freak on a leash, freak on a leash. it yeah. picks up right at the same you're, day. Oh, you're no. right like, you're right yeah, yeah it's because like, it's in the fucking neighborhood yeah 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 I think Freak on Leash. I really think it's a top five music video of all time. It, it's 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 really amazing. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it's it when album, we're done. I'm gonna watch it again. I I just don't like it as an album. I I, I wish I had more. I, I don't. The things they do that it's not are cohesive even, to you. It's not cohesive for a number of reasons, but even when it is, I get annoyed by the 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 fieldy style of bass over the guitars. Sure. And I hear like we I ragged on some 41 for having two guitarists and never highlighting it. Corn highlights it all the time. Yeah. I don't know. I just can't get into it like I used to, and it bums me out. 
So it's like, it's like, no, but I'm sorry. Hey, to each their own. You know what? That might, that, that's one of your softer no's. Uh, but listen, <laughs> we got, we got two against one here. So I'll take the I loss. Don't, I don't know. It's fine. I'll take the like, loss. All like right. Fine. <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. Corns, um, follow the leader. Still good. Uh, I thank Colby because without you, man, I, I don't know. Oh, man. I, I would have would have been a draw we would have had to leave it to the crowd um <laughs> which we'll still do if you're listening and you feel differently let us know you can find us on instagram uh at still good show you can send us an email still good show at gmail.com um let us know if you think it's still good or if you think it sucks uh whatever and uh we really want to thank colby for coming on the show colby did you have a good time i had a great time thanks for having me well this was awesome uh michael Bear, welcome back for season two. We'll see you guys next time. We're back. He's just baby. Laugh- He's just we're back, baby. All right. For Bear Kennedy, I'm Andrew Carter. Uh-huh.